Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, today, friends, as we conclude our message series, Wise Up, we're going to look at how Peter overcame his Good Friday discouragement with triumphant Easter wisdom. But let's start by asking this question. What is the cause of discouragement? In order to figure this out, we're going to just study the life of Peter right during this week of passion. For Peter, discouragement was caused by unmet expectations. Peter experienced discouragement when Jesus died because Jesus' death utterly destroyed his expectations of how Jesus would establish his earthly kingdom. Peter was also discouraged because during the process he failed to meet his own expectations. Perhaps you remember, as Matthew 26:33 said, this is what Peter said to Jesus, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. And then when Peter said this, Jesus said, Peter, tonight you will disown me three times. And then it's recorded in Matthew 26:35 Peter's response, even if I have to die for you, I will never disown you. Now, Peter put a tremendous amount of faith in himself. And when he failed to meet his expectations, he became discouraged. And friends, the same can be said of all of us. We often find that our expectations are, well, they're unrealistic. Jesus even told Peter his were unrealistic, yet Peter refused to listen. So this morning, let's take a look at the characteristics of a discouraged person, Peter in particular, and see how it applies to us. Well, first of all, we compromise. Now, in John 18, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, it says that Peter drew his sword. And it really wasn't a sword. It was just more of a short knife that one would use to clean fish with. And he struck the high priest's servant Malchus's, Malchus and cut off his ear. In doing so, Peter compromised the teaching of Jesus. See, everything that Jesus had taught in the previous three years was about nonviolence, and it was disregarded by Peter. Instead, Peter took matters into his own hands when he lowered his standards, but not his expectations. So when Peter attacked the high priest's servant and cut off his ear, his expectations were still unrealistically high, but his commitment to obedience of the teachings of Jesus had dropped several notches. And let's be honest, we're all the same. When we become discouraged, we cling to unrealistic expectations, and we will do almost anything to make them happen, even if we have to sell our standards to do it. Well, second of all, Peter quit. I mean, discouragement led to despair, and this is what Peter experienced after he denied knowing Jesus. Luke twenty-two sixty-two says, Peter went outside and wept bitterly. That's despair. The feeling that all hope is lost and nothing can change things now. Peter experienced it. I've experienced it. And so have you. Well, the third thing is we withdraw. The disciples were together with the doors locked in fear of the Jews. When a person is in the depths of despair, they stay at home. They, they become uninvolved. They withdraw into a shell of self-pity. See, as long as the disciples were hiding behind locked doors, they were unable to finish the job that Jesus had given them. And when we withdraw, we become unproductive and we're not able to accomplish the jobs that Jesus has given us. Now, in my early in my ministry, my first church, Emmanuel Lutheran in Belvedere, Illinois, uh, my associate pastor, Gene Willie, invited me to go with him on a home visit. In the evening, we stopped at this house. It was completely dark, and I said to him, Gene, there's no one at home. And he said, no, there's someone here. 
And after several minutes of knocking and then pounding, not by me, but by Jean, a woman came to the door and invited us in. We entered a very cluttered room lit only by a crack in the drawn windows. And she said, I'm sorry it's so dark. I can't bring myself to turn on a light. The reason? Her husband had left her several weeks before, and she had spent every day since crying in the dark house. Because of disappointment, she had completely withdrawn from the world. And fourth, we escape. Now, if you know anything about the 12-step program, the term for this is medicate. We look for something to alleviate the pain. For Peter, it was fishing. He just went back to his own work, his old job. So how do you escape when discouragement comes around and pain comes? Well, some people pour themselves into work. Some people chase a hobby. Some people overeat. Some people watch too much TV. Some go shopping. Some numb themselves with drugs and alcohol. You see, friends, there are many things that cover up the pain. The problem is that after we return from our escape, the problem still exists. So none of these options, compromising, quitting, or escaping, solve the problem. We only end up cynical, crabby, skeptical, bitter, and like Peter. So what should we do? Well, let's flip that Good Friday, uh, that Good Friday, and talk about how we can find an Easter cure for those Good Friday discouragements. First of all, consider the empty tomb. John 20, verse 6 says, Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there. Now, when Peter saw evidence that Jesus was no longer there, that possibly he'd been resurrected, he caught a glimmer of hope. Luke tells us that after Peter examined the empty tomb, he went home wondering what had happened. At this point, it seemed, well, it seemed just too good to be true. But there was a spark of hope. And friends, the empty tomb is our spark of hope. It tells us God has the power to work in our lives today. The resurrection of Jesus teaches us all that our, our, all of our enemies are destroyed. They may still behave as though the game is not decided, but ultimately they can no, do no more mischief. We still have to reckon with them, but we don't need to fear them any longer. The empty tomb reminds us that no situation is hopeless. Peter began winning the battle against discouragement when he encountered the empty tomb. Now, I don't know what the source of your discouragement might be today, but whatever it is, remember the resurrection. Consider the empty tomb. It is absolute 100% proof that Jesus has power over sin and death and power over any challenge you or I may face. Now, second, because of the empty tomb, we can expect the unexpected. Now, John tells us a very interesting story. Peter and several of the other disciples decide, well, they're just going to go fishing. They spent the night on the water, but they didn't catch a thing. And early in the morning, a man standing on the shore called out, Do you have any fish? And they answered, No. Well, the stranger said, Throw out your nets on the other side so you can catch some fish. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. It was then that John said to Peter, It's the Lord. Well, that's all Peter needed to hear. He jumped out of the boat, fully clothed, swam to shore. I mean, Peter had gone to sea that night to fish, but he didn't expect to see Jesus. Peter was beginning to learn an important principle. Expect the unexpected. 
Friends, you never know when Jesus is going to surprise you with a miracle. You may be on your way to leave flowers at a tomb. You may be out fishing or in a prayer meeting. You never know when he will surprise you with a miracle. I mean, you might be like the man who lay for 38 years beside the pool of Bethesda, convinced it was useless to hope for a miracle. You may be like the man who sat at the temple gate day after day begging when what he really wanted was to be healed. You may be like Lazarus who died thinking that his closest friend wasn't there to comfort him in his hour of death. You may be like Lazarus' sister Martha who thought Jesus waited too long to show up and now her brother was dead. You may be like the woman at the well whose search for love led her through a series of failed relationships. I mean, you may be like Peter, who in a moment of weakness denied and deserted the one whom he loved more than any other. Now, friends, all of these individuals have one thing in common. They each faced the depth of discouragement and each had an unexpected encounter with the power of the living God. Now, some of you also may be discouraged today. Maybe it's your job or family or marriage or finances. Maybe you're asking yourself, why why keep this up? What's the use? Why don't I just quit? Well, I'm going to give you a four-word reason. The tomb is empty. Did you get that? The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive today. That means we can expect the unexpected. You never know when he's going to surprise you with a miracle. Now, friends, we all live somewhere between Good Friday and Easter Sunday. And often we're like those disciples on that long road to Emmaus, journeying together and wondering what happened. There are times when we feel alone and overwhelmed and doubts creep into our hearts, and it gives way and we feel like we can't go on. And then, and then, Jesus comes to us and says, Friend, you are not alone. You never were alone. Even when you thought you were alone, I was with you every step of the way. And yet we still cry, and we remember, and we wonder why. But everything has changed now. It may be Friday or Saturday for some of us, but thank God Easter has already dawned across the universe. A bright light shines from the garden tomb. The light slowly chases the darkness away until one day, one day when the darkness will be gone forever. And until then, friends, Easter people, that's you and me, we march from Good Fridays through Holy Saturdays on our way to Easter Sundays. Now, we're not quite there yet, but we're moving in the right direction. So every Easter, we celebrate the triple truth of this holy day. The tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. We are not alone. So expect the unexpected. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Jesus is my King.